Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Coming up, with all the COVID restrictions finally behind us, you're thinking about holding a summer event for staff. But what about the tax and NI implications of such a party? Keep listening and we'll explain all that you need to know. Plus, a food firm was prosecuted after a worker sustained multiple injuries after falling from a ladder. What can you do to protect staff who work at height and therefore avoid the risk of prosecution? And please don't forget to visit indicator-flm.co.uk to download our series of free mini-guides to tax and HR. There's really no obligation. You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher. So the sun is shining, some of the time when it's not raining. Covid is a thing of the past. Well, it's not really, but it's a little further behind us than it was this time last year. And you're thinking of holding a summer party for your staff. But what about the tax and NI implications? What do HMRC, HMRC's rules say about this? Well, the first thing, obviously, is tax deductibility. Can you claim a tax deduction for the cost of having a summer event, party, barbecue, whatever you want to call it? Well, of course, normally business entertainment is not tax deductible. But the good news is that the cost of entertaining your employees, including directors, is an exception to this rule. And that's the case whether your business is run by a company or is unincorporated. In both situations, it's entitled to a tax deduction for the cost of such an event. Hooray, that's the good news. What else on the tax and NI front? Well, the other main factors affecting the tax position of staff entertainment are the benefit in kind rules. Normally, if you provide employees with a perk, and this includes staff parties, it will be a taxable benefit. But as you're probably aware, there is a limited exemption. And the main conditions of the exemption are that the party or similar is what's called an annual event. All employees are invited and the average costs per head for all employees and guests attending does not exceed £150, including VAT. So that's quite a lot and it should you know, enable you to put on a good do. But there's a trap, and that is that if the cost per head exceeds £150, the exemption cannot apply against any of it. So in other words, the whole lot becomes a taxable benefit in kind, not just the 10 or 15 quid or whatever it is over the £150. But what's an annual event? Does this mean you have to throw this summer bash every July or August or whatever the case may be? Well, HMRC reasonably interprets this as something that happens once a year on a recurring basis. This could be read as meaning that only when a pattern of an annual recurrence is established can the exemption apply. But this isn't actually what HMRC is saying. An intention to hold an event annually will meet the first condition. What HMRC actually means is that one-off events don't qualify. On this point, its internal guidance says, it follows from this that a one-off event, for example, 
a party to celebrate a 25th anniversary cannot be an annual party or function. So that should be clear. One-off events won't qualify, but where there's an attention for the do, Christmas, summer, whatever, to be a recurring, that will qualify. Now, a belt and braces approach to ensuring the annual condition is met for the first time you hold, say a summer picnic or barbecue, is to indicate in the invitation to staff that it's hoped to make it an annual event. Alternatively, or in addition, record the intention in the minutes of a meeting of the directors, partners, etc. And there's a final tip here, and that is that the exemption can apply even if the timing and nature of the annual event vary. The key point is that the event happens annually. For example, many businesses cancelled or deferred their 2020 and 2021 Christmas celebrations because of the pandemic. The cancellation for two years does not prevent the next Christmas party from qualifying as an annual event, so even more good news. So in summary, the entire cost of the business entertainment event is tax deductible from your business profits, plus it can qualify subject conditions for the benefits in kind exemption if your intention is to repeat it annually, even if for unforeseen reasons it's not possible to do so every year. So... As long as you've got an intention to hold the event every year, it doesn't have to be the same month, etc. It will qualify for the exemption. Anyway, hope you found this uh, helpful and informative. And if you do go ahead and have a summer party, enjoy it. A jam manufacturer has found itself in a bit of a sticky position. In fact, it's been prosecuted after a worker sustained multiple fractures after he fell from a ladder. How did it happen? What can you do to reduce the chance of something similar happening in your workplace? Well, what happened was that a worker had been asked to install a CCTV camera on the outside of the Clarendon Food Company. He was using an unsecure ladder, which slipped, unsurprisingly, and he fell approximately five metres, sustaining multiple fractures to his right arm, left leg, cheekbone, and he suffered a dislocation of his backbone. It all sounds terribly painful. Now, the HSC... Uh, investigated. There was a prosecution and the company was uh, fined £40,000 in order to pay costs of £5,344. There's probably a civil claim uh, underway or or, or completed for the workers' uh, personal injuries. Now, the HSC found that the work hadn't been properly planned, no surprise there, with no alternative access equipment to allow safe working being considered. For example, maybe they could have put up an aluminium tower scaffold which would have been a safer way of working. Similarly, no training had been provided to the injured party or others in relation to the task, and there'd been a failure to ensure effective monitoring and supervision of work at height practices. So what does the HSE actually expect? Well, the key requirement is simply that you've assessed the risks of the operation and identified suitable and sufficient controls to reduce them. The HSE actually won't be looking for you to remove all the risks because there will always be a residual risk with any workplace activity, in fact, with crossing the road. And in fact, your assessment process should be kept as as simple as possible. The last thing you want is for it taking an hour to do a risk assessment for a job that will only take a few minutes. Uh, And by documenting your plan, you have evidence just in case there's an accident and you need to prove you had systems in place. The best way of doing this is to have a standard checklist for carrying out the works. By working through it, an experienced person can eliminate and manage the hazards that could cause an accident. This covers the requirement for a risk assessment and also states what controls need to be implemented to ensure the works can be completed safely. So 
it really isn't rocket science. Um, this situation, this accident is one which probably many businesses can relate to. Um, you just ask a worker to do something without really thinking. Um, and accidents are often, uh, unfortunately, the result. But by carrying out a simple risk assessment with a basic um, checklist, these risks can be managed and suitable control measures put in place. It won't take long. Uh, it should help avoid accidents occurring and will provide uh, a robust defence in case there is uh, an investigation by the HSC or other enforcing body. Well, we hope you found this interesting and informative, but can you believe it? We have reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Don't worry, we are taking a short break for the summer, but we'll be back again soon. But for now, thank you for sharing your time with us and goodbye. You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week, we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Thank you.